All right, well, I hope that you are ready for God's Word. You ready? All right, we're going to make it easy today. So if you would turn to Matthew chapter 1. Mary, you look so hip. I didn't see you earlier, but you look like very, like, Christmas sweatery hip. Um, If you would turn to chapter 1 of Matthew, that's easy, right? Yes, once you get that, if you would please stand. And as you're standing, I'm just going to say I'm sorry before I start reading. Okay, does somebody want to volunteer? I'm for real, like, I'll give you the mic. You can come read all these names and get them right. But scholars, just ignore. Um, I did go through speech as a kid, and so it's a miracle I could even talk. So um, we'll just go with it. It's exciting to read genealogy, isn't it? Y'all, come on now. You're like, Pastor, I was already tired. Okay, the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Okay, so right there, I want to take a moment and say, put your minds not in today's world. I want you to put yourself in this day, and there are some things that you're going to find in this genealogy that would not have been present in previous genealogies. Meaning all the way up to this time, there wouldn't be mention of half of you in the room. Now you know where I'm headed, right? So if you're of the female you would have never been mentioned in genealogy. But Matthew changes the course of time by starting in this way. Y'all should be excited, ladies. Come on, I I thought I'd hear a hoot or holler, but y'all, I'm going to stop preaching about the women in the Bible and next year see what happens. You know what I'm saying? Like, see how you, no, I'm just kidding. Abraham was the father of Isaac, and Isaac the father of Jacob, and Jacob the father of Judah, and his brother, and Judah the father of Perez, and Oh gosh, already made up. Zerah by Tamar, and Perez the father of Hezron, and Hezron the father of Ram, and Ram the father of, and the father of Nahashan, and Nahashan the father of, is that just salmon or Salomon? Salmon, I like salmon. Anyway, and Salmon the father of Boaz by Rahab, and Boaz the father of Obadad by Ruth, y'all should say amen, go Ruth, and Obed, the father of Jesse, and Jesse, the father of David, the king, and David was the father of Solomon by the wife of Uriah, and Solomon, the father of Rehoboam, and Rehoboam, the father of, yes, and the father of Asaph, and Asaph, the father of Jehoshaphat, I love that one, Jehoshaphat, kind of like Joseph, but Jehoshaphat, and Jehoshaphat, it should have been Josephat. You know what I mean? Like, that would have worked. Oh, that's, that describes me. And Jopham, the father of Ahaz, and Ahaz, the father of Hezekiah, and Hezekiah, the father of Mananessah, and Mananessah, the father of Amos, and Amos, the father of Josiah, and Josiah, the father of Jacolium, and his brothers at the time of the deportation um, to Babylon, and after deportation to Babylon. This is a mess, isn't it? You just keep reading, all right? I want you to read by yourself, okay? Keep going, keep going. Y'all are reading, right? So all, go to 17, because you were reading along there. So all the generations, now get this, this is the key. From Abraham to David were 14 generations. And from David to the deportation to Babylon, 14 generations. And from the deportation to Babylon to the Christ, 14 generations. And we're going to talk about the significance of the numbers as well. God, you know the words... And I just figured I would get through that. But God, I ask today, Lord, that you would come and speak to us. There is an incredibly powerful message in this that we often overlook. And so today, let us not look over it. 
but look into it, be led by it, and not only be led by it, but today it is inspiring. And so inspire us. Let us see truth in a way that inspires us to go out and share the truth of the gospel and share the truth of the child, the Messiah, the Jesus that we know. Come against the enemy in the name of Jesus today, and we ask this in your precious name. Amen. 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 All right. Um, Interestingly enough, uh, it seems like recently people are more and more interested in where they come from. Okay, so this, this isn't live, but as I was studying this week, did you know that a lot of the family tree Um, I'm not going to say the names because I don't want to get in trouble, but they are housed in China. So interesting that a lot of the ancestry and things like that, they're headed to China. They evaluate them there because a lot of the scientists there are pretty advanced, not saying our scientists aren't. But as I studied this week, I thought it was fascinating. Um, But anyway, um, family trees, are, are you all interested in that in your own family? Yes, it's interesting, right? It's cool to know where we've come from and how everything fits together and where you've gotten to here. And so it's a, it's a fascinating thing. In fact, I was texting Larry Blankenship last night and we went a whole trail and he has a castle in England, not him, but his family owned a castle in England named the Blankenship Castle, which is no longer named that, but he discovered that through his discovery. And so um, it is interesting. Well, here... In Matthew, we see a very beautiful description of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, the Messiah. Now, there's a couple of things that I want you to hold on to today, and you're going to see the importance of Jesus coming as a child, along with what I said last week, which is the importance of us remaining childlike in our faith. And so, we're going to go along with that today. The first thing is Messiah. If you see right there in the genealogy when you translate it, it is talking about the Messiah. When I say Messiah, what do you think about? Jesus, right? When when we say Messiah, we think about a savior. When we say Messiah, we think about things that were wrong being corrected. Does that make sense? When I think of Messiah, see, I have different thoughts about different names that Jesus has given. When people say, my Messiah, I think of correction. I think of what was and what is going to be. I think about the things that were all wrong, that the Messiah came in in power and might and corrected. And I love how Matthew translated gives us a clear picture of the importance of the word Messiah. We also know that right off the bat, the Messiah had to be proven there were over 700 moments mentioned in the Old Testament that were prophetic about the coming of the Messiah. Now, have you all ever received an assignment? Gosh, oh, come on now, you should just say yes, because that tells me you're with me, and it tells me at some point in life you've done something, okay? You didn't just get here by happen chance, but I mean, think about having to go through and make sure that 700 things are taken care of for it to be right. Wow. If I said to you tomorrow, I need you to do 700 things pre-meeting with me, you would say, well, I'm out, right? I would say it. So if, if I would say it, you would say it, right? It's a lot of requirements. That's worse than the APA style, the MLA style, whatever you had to follow. I'm pretty sure this is more 
difficult. But incredibly enough, Jesus came in and made it not difficult. So here we see the Greek for Messiah is Christos, which is denoting function. So Jesus had a lot of functions, and here, interestingly enough, Matthew is talking about the function of the Messiah. So the function of the Christ child. Now we realize that most things that we do, they have a function to them. If you buy something, there's a reason you're buying it because it's going to serve a purpose or a function in your life. Jesus. Jesus' function was to bring. See, specifically here, it's talking about bringing the presence of the Almighty God to earth in a way that it hadn't been in a long time. Now, see, I believe probably most things we buy off of Amazon, even though they have a function, it's probably not quite like the function that Christos brought by coming to the earth. And more specifically, it was to bring God's reign on earth. Man, I don't know about you, but like, think about the unleashing of the power and presence of the Almighty God on earth. Now, if you think about it, and there's a reason Matthew went all the way back, and because really, if you think about it, Scripture said that Jesus had to be of the line of David. So Matthew really only had to start at what? David. But he went 14 generations previous. You want to have fun for a second? 14, 14, 14, divided by 2 is what? 6, and so you get, or 2, 2, 2, that's 6. Jesus brings 7, which is the word of completion. Y'all, come on now. This Bible ain't just made up. That's why it's hard to disprove. That was just an added little theological note for you. But think about it. All the way back. All the way back to Abram. And Abram had a what? A function. It was also important because Abram to Abraham, after the birth of his child, second child, we see what? There was a function. He was going to look up in the stars and his generations that that would represent the gift, the promise of God. It's also important to note that it began before kings. Really, God's intent is for him to be the king, but eventually his people needed a king, and so they were given a king. And that's where we get to David, King David. And then we go on, and we see throughout here, and we're going to talk about it, I don't want to give it away. But the key is that the exile generation is when Jesus comes in. Jesus came in at the driest, the saddest, most unfortunate time in the life of his people. And so, the first part of this genealogy is understanding who the Messiah is and his function as the Savior, corrector of you, of this world. So, second thing, and we're going to pull it all together. Women, you should just say, hoo-hoo. 
All right. I, I, it's pretty fascinating to me in my house. Like, growing up, I was just a brother. I had a brother. I was a brother and just had a brother. And we did a lot of, like, wrestling and fighting. And, like, our screaming wasn't, like, high-pitched screaming or anything. It was, like, yelling. You know what I mean? You're a, you're a, you know what I'm saying? Like, a lot of that. And then all of a sudden, it was like, Shh, and then it was, like, I'm not the person... Like, I know how to fight. You know, we could fight if you wanted to. Some of you probably want to fight with me. But, you know, I can physically fight. I didn't go in the army because I couldn't. But you wouldn't see that from me anymore because it's just not useful at this age. You know what I'm saying? Because if I fight now, where do I go? When I fought at 12, I just went in my room. You know, if they could get you there. You know what I'm saying? And so, and oftentimes it happened outside. By the time we got in, my mom would say, what happened? Why are you bleeding? Well, you know, and most of the time we'd walk up to the back door and say, listen, we're just bleeding, yes, because, you know, if we told the truth, we would get in what? Trouble. So we just say we got hurt, and my mom would say, well, all right, I probably don't want to know anyway. we say, nah. So, but in my house, um, the screaming is different. There's more of it, and it's louder, and it's higher pitched, and so it's just different, but I kind of expect when I say women to hear that here, but maybe that's because you're all like me, you've matured, so. Um, but let's think about this for a second. It's kind of exciting. Matthew's account mentions four women. Four women. First time, really, that genealogies would allow women to enter. Now, I love this, okay? And there's a lot of reasons for this. And the first reason is, is that Jesus was entering in a new system of equality. Meaning everyone was equal. See, here's a key thing that we forget. And I don't want to get into this and, and just know, like, this, there's a lot of theology behind this. But when you look at Genesis, and we did this in a Sunday school class, at first, okay, and how everything was, it's different after the fall. It was not until after the fall that the Lord said to Adam and Eve that he will have dominion over you as well. Read your Bible when you go home, chapters 1, 2, 3. Read it in the ESV, the New American, or the New Revised, to get that understanding. So why is that significant? Well, that was after fall. You know what Jesus is trying to do, right? He's trying to bring us back to pre-fall. And so all of a sudden, women are back in the genealogy. Women are back on the list. Let's talk about them for a second. I threw Mary in there. Um, Tamar, Rahab, Ruth, and Bathsheba. Okay. You say, well, you know, some of that, man, they, they had some rough, some rough testimonies. Yeah, I think it was in Joshua where it says that Rahab was a harlot. You know what else Rahab was? She was a recognizer of God's move. Come on now. And you know what you all are? including myself, not perfect. She was a recognizer of God's people and allowed what? Think about Ruth. Where you go, hmm, I will go. And where you stay, I will stay. Your people will be my people, your God, my God. Where you die, I will die, and there I will be buried. May the Lord deal with me, but it ever so severely, if even death separates you and me. 
That's the scripture that hangs below and above the picture of my family on the bricks of Nacogdoches. Was it the week? The week before we left. And we hung it in our home in Pendleton and now in Markleville because that was our scripture to come here to Anderson. Many of us don't hold on to that scripture because God's called us to places we've said no to. So boy, think about Ruth being included. Where you go, I'll go. Jesus to God. Where you want me to go, I will go. Come on now. Y'all, are you awake? You move on to Bathsheba. Gets a bad name, but my goodness, her child. And you know what she didn't do? She ain't do it alone. And you know what else? What happens when the king of and the most powerful king of the world shows up at your doorstep? I think one day we're all going to be pretty shocked at some of the truths that we don't get to read about or know. So the king shows up at your doorstep where he shouldn't be anyway, when he should be at war. I'm not justifying it, but I'm saying a lot of us have been in places, haven't we? Where we didn't want to be and we didn't know what to do. So, a couple of things about this. No more degrading no more separation. Everybody's in it. And there's no difference between Jew and Gentile. Because what was now included in the genealogy? Jews and Gentiles. Would you know why that's good for you? Because guess what you get to be a part of? It could have been written out. In fact, the times in the Old Testament would have been written out. But it wasn't written out here, which means you aren't written out now. So the men, whoa, whoa. Oh. thank you, Caleb. You know, I count on you every week. I'm like, Lord, if Caleb's not a church, I don't know what I'm going to do. Um, so men, now obviously goes all the way back to Abram, Abraham. Y'all want to be real about Abraham? Remember? Oh, my wife's my sister. Come on now. See, lady, you should be saying, uh-huh, see, I told you so. It ain't just the ladies. Yeah, my wife's my sister. Well, that didn't work very well, did it? Because all of a sudden, she must have been a pretty lady because they said, well, if she's your sister, then I'm going to... Well, that didn't work out. And then he made another misstep, right? He then listened to his wife when he shouldn't have, and he should have waited and believed God's promises can come to be no matter your age. And if you're older, you should say what? Amen. Because promises you're still holding on to, and if God gave them to you, guess what they are still? Good. But Abraham was also a great man of faith, a great man of God, led his people well. King David. Now, in this day and age, if we had a King David... His first title would be what? And it'd take him years to get rid of it. Murderer. Why? He murdered Bathsheba's husband, who was so stinking kind and so nice. But yet, the Bible tells us that David 
was a man after God's own heart. And if you would give David grace in the Bible like God gives us grace, you'd recognize that, my goodness, he repented and repented and repented. You would realize that a good portion of his life was pretty incredible. In fact, I wrote in my notes one of my favorite people in the Bible, outside of Joseph, because he has my name and he was kind of perfect, and so, you know, he's a lot to look up to. Um, but significant words, good portion of our Old Testament, good portion of the good words that I know many of us, like the Psalms, hold on to in days of distress, in days of heartache. So a bright light, and yeah, some mistakes. Jehoshaphat, really an incredible king. In fact, he, he followed God. He, at times, partnered with other kings, like the king of Israel, right? Shouldn't have, God didn't want him to. But yet, overall, really had a heart to serve him, had a heart to lead for him. He was obedient to God. He was able to fight off an enormous army that, that came to them and listened to the Lord, and the Lord Actually, the Spirit of the Lord came on to the prophet and prophesied that the battles was the Lord. And so, you know what they started to do? They started to sing. And if you remember that, they started praising God and translated. They were singing and they won the battle because everybody got confused and, you know, just great Sunday school lessons. And, and uh, yet, even after that, went in and partnered with another king that he shouldn't have, but, but didn't do it out of a malice heart, just thought it was best. So, the fourth thing. So men, so we see the establishment of the Messiah. We see the establishment of women now put back into the genealogy. Then we see the men, incredible men, yes, made mistakes, but put those aside, incredible men of God. And then we see this, the child. Okay. So here's where I want to get to today. I hope you all are ready for this. There was prostitution. There was murder. There was disobedience. There was alliances. There was affairs. The list goes on. Now, if I stood here today and put my family tree up here, and I'll be honest, my grandparents would be as real as could be. And they are pretty real. We come from the East. <laughs> they come from other countries. And they're pretty raw, right? And they would tell you that both sets of my grandparents married multiple, 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 multiple times. With all kinds of childrens. And I had all kinds of aunts and uncles. And somehow they all come together. And all divorcees got along don't know Christ, but somehow did. I mean, they didn't get along when they got divorced, but then after that, they reconciled, and I couldn't, when I was little, I didn't know which grandparent was which, and finally my mom sat down and said, well, this is the real one, and then this is the, you know, and, and I had to, like, decipher all of that, because you had to call them all the same, because they were all, well, I was married to him for 10 years of your life, and it doesn't matter that she stepped in, I'm still, I mean, that's what I grew up with, and so I don't know how I'd put it up here and say it didn't look like this, there was even a tempting of that, right? With a bullet that stayed in my grandfather's body until he had surgery. And so, 
there's something about a child. Let's try this. Mixed in was faithfulness, trust, godliness, risk, faith, hope, obedience. The list goes on. So I could take my family tree as well, and I could put it up here. And I I could point to Aunt Debbie. I could point to Aunt Poppy. I could point to and say those were the glimpses in the midst of the... And then there was a child. There was a child named Christos, Jesus, who knew the words that Matthew was going to write about his genealogy. He knew the words Luke was going to write. Never said to them, hey, by the way, I kind of know what you're going to do, and I want you to avoid all of this, but I want you to go for, I want you to expose all of this. I mean, they're going to kind of know it if they study, but let's not really bring it out and reemphasize it, right? Why do you want to bring up the, you know, the mess? And, and let's just, Jesus, he didn't do that. Y'all ever wonder, like, he had so much time to correct even the Old Testament, and guess what he didn't do? He didn't correct the writings. Now, he corrected some of the laws. He didn't deny that they were there, but he said, here's how we should live. And so, here's what a child does. All of that lined up before him. A child comes and brings the opportunity new. A child comes and brings the opportunity for generational sin to be broken. A child comes and brings the opportunity for all that was in a family tree to no longer be past him or her. I stood with a lady on Friday with black hair, and she came up to me and stood in that opening, and she said, here is my past. She's a VP, she said, of community. She said, here's my past, all the way up until I was 21, and here's what God did. And she said, all that, the Lord transformed, changed. And she said, now, do you know what I do? I said, what? She said, I spend my life telling children that what was, no matter what it was, no longer has to be. So why is it important that Jesus came as a child? Because of this screen. Because he came and said, you know what? It doesn't have to be your identity. You know what? It doesn't have to be the way you live. You know what? It doesn't have to be your identity. It doesn't have to be you know what we should be in the church? And I'm just going to be real with you, we're not. We should be the people that every child that comes through, we should be saying to them, you know what, the world with the Spirit of God at the center is yours. Aunt Debbie, Aunt Poppy, and my mom said, just because you don't. My mom came in one night 
And she said, yes, no one on your father's side has ever gotten a degree, has ever even thought they're necessary, but if that's on your heart, you can see it's done well for me. And so don't listen, just go. And then the sad thing is that she left the door. She said, don't tell your dad I said that. Church, he had to come as a child so that he could empower this in you and in each person that you speak to. You should be embracing these kids and saying, how can I? When can I? Where can I? So Jesus said, don't. I don't need to interfere with whatever you're going to say about my genealogy because you know what? When I come as a child, I am going to show every person before me and after me that you can be given a new start. Every child brings the possibility of a break. It's odd, because I looked up at the woman, I don't even remember her name. She did email me, though, and say she wants to volunteer, even though she goes to church somewhere else. Um, she looked up at me, and she said, I'm not really sure why I told you that. And I said, I'm 100% sure why you told me. I said, because uh, there's something I'm saying on Sunday. She was like, y'all do online? I'm like, yeah, check it out. Because I was feeling... generational sin broken. Now see, we're in a room full of church people. Y'all okay with that, right? I like being a church person, so the world might not like it, but I'm a church person. I believe in Jesus. He believes in the church. So I'm a church person, and so are you. So church people have different kind of generational sin. We like to pass on pride, and we like to pass on religion, and we like to pass on church. And then in the church, we get a different kind of generational sin. We get a them and us sin. We get a we always did sin. We get a we never will sin. So, the word, mighty God. I've just been thinking about how these work together. And... Mighty God translates as strength, power, a hero, and a warrior. That's exciting, right? Y'all serve like, is it not exciting? It's tight in here, you have to be here. He has strength to overcome generational. He has power to wipe away. He can be the hero that cuts in. He can be the warrior that partners with that child and says, no more. Now here's the last thought. The last thought is, is that Jesus knows all this. None of this is a surprise to him. And he still went and spoke words that were so key. And those words reflected words like this, that we needed to remain childlike in our faith. So when we think about living childlike, then he can constantly be breaking 
he can constantly be. Think about this, and then we'll close. For a lot of you, I'm incredibly impressed by your faith, by your journey, by how you raise your children. And together, we've prayed for some, and I get it. You could be in the same home, three go this way, and one goes that way, or one goes that way, and one goes, my brother and I, totally different. I don't know why the enemy's out there. Who knows how my kids will turn out? I'll probably still be around as they go out, and you'll probably judge me, because I don't know the law. I'm hoping I'm going to pray, but you know what? I'm not the only influence. She's not the only influence. I don't speak it on them, but I'm going to pray, pray it out and over them. But many of us, We've set up a good generational trend and somebody strayed. But you know what? To encourage you today, the child, Jesus Christ, still steps into even new generational disconnection. So don't be discouraged today. Be encouraged, but be fervent in prayer Remain childlike so that if God whispers to your heart and says, today's the day to speak to your, the door is open, make sure and call, text. If you remember what Pastor Courtney said, God moves in lots of new ways. And so today, don't be discouraged because as we remain childlike, we can be a part of breaking sin breaking bounds, breaking the hold that the enemy loves to have on people. And so as, he, as he, beautiful as it is, many of us wanted him to come as a, he came as a child to say, you know what, I can break it all. And if you'll hold on to me, I can break it in your lives too. And so church, there's a lot of reasons we celebrate at Christmas. But we should celebrate that, my goodness, all the missteps in the genealogy of Jesus were corrected by the coming of Jesus Christ. And he continues to correct. He continues to provide the strength, power, might, spirit, will to go past those things. God, today I just think of that song, simple song, Break Every Chain. I'm pretty sure the enemy was aware when the Holy Spirit came and, or at least aware of the fact that it was coming. But when the Spirit of God implanted you, Jesus, into the womb of Mary, the chains that were beginning to be broken were huge. And I know today that you continue to break chains. You continue to have the desire to stop generational sin, to stop the movement of the enemy. But as we grow and as we mature, 
See, being childlike is all about growing. It's just about never arriving. In our society, we, we've capped it off at a certain age, and then you can go a little further, and then after that, it's, it's capped, and then it's lifelong learning. We established all that. But in your mind, when we're childlike, we're willing to always grow, to always be teachable, and to always be willing to allow you to step in and break a chain that isn't of you. So, Jesus, in this season, break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. In Jesus' name, amen. God bless you all. Have a great afternoon. Hope you enjoy your Sunday school class.